Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is the planner formerly known as Peyton. <laughs> the plan back when he used to pass church planning tests. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I've not. I don't think I've ever had a clue what I'm doing. Maybe I've just had an epiphany. Maybe I was finally found out, Pete. Hey, I, have you? I gotta quit. Have you retested yet? Have they let you retest, or were they like, ah, no, we're gonna stick with you failed? I, I have no idea. They're they're going to the powers that be right now, and I'm waiting for a response. I it, love it may not that they have I may to go not be up allowed. The yeah, I, I may not be allowed. It, it was like, I, this has never happened before, so we'll see. <laughs> I, it's just comedy to me. The whole thing is comedy to me. But um, anyway, you know, last week was, in my opinion, the best podcast we've ever had. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was stinking hilarious at the beginning, even though I, it has gotten back to me that some people have been... Uh, uh, grossed out and offended by uh, by our our intro, but I, I say take it up with Leviticus fifteen. That's my only point on that. You know, take it up with Leviticus hey, fifteen. It's all in there. It's all in there. You know, the Bible is less PG than people actually think. I mean, you no, know, no, the, no, no, the... not in the evangelical world. It's it's G actually in the evangelical world. Well, you know, I it's like Song of Solomon, right? That book is a sexual That's not in the uh, Bible. <laughs> that book is very sexual. I'm just telling you. I had to teach Old Testament uh at undergrad level. And when I got to that book and we're like exegeting those passages, it was a bit uncomfortable. I mean, these are like college students. They're all single and, you know, I I felt bad for them. Like I was married, I was fine, but I felt for them like you could just feel the temperature in the room rising. It's really, gra- it's explicit stuff. I'm sorry. There's no other way, and I'm not. I'm not even goofing off here. I'm being dead serious. <laughs> it is explicit. I mean, I gotta it, go back and reread the Song of Solomon. I haven't well, read it in a while. 
there is a reason why the Puritans were like, uh, this is an allegory about Jesus in the church. <laughs> you know, um, it, it is a book that celebrates sex. And this is one of the things that is kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like when you listen to like Christian radio and stuff, there ought to be love songs on there. I mean, if, 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 I mean, you know, come on, if everything we're putting out is just love to God, well, what about like love to your fellow man, right? Jesus said there's two commandments, but I just always find it interesting how that Christians aren't like the best love song writers on the planet. I mean, we're the ones that have like Ephesians five and song of Solomon. And I just don't know. I mean, my, you know, my take on it is, you know, you ought to be hearing both on there because both are important. You said putting out. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> should, I, should I erase that? <laughs> depends on who's listening, Pete. It depends on who's listening. Well, that's we've already offended it. so many people. What's one more? You know, that's the way I look at it. But so, uh, anyway, what I was going to say is um, last week's best podcast we've ever done, in my opinion. I mean, first part was hilarious. At least I kept re-listening to it, thinking it was hilarious. That's the one I, I told you I played for Jamie. We're, like, heading down, you know, for a family outing. And I'm like, you got to listen to the podcast. She's never listened to any of the podcasts. And I made her listen to that one because it was just stinking hilarious. And then we got on, you know, such a touchy subject. You know, what, what do you do with the transsexual and uh, changing in the bathroom and all that? And yet... That I thought was such a good section because I I know there are a lot of church planners who have never thought through that probably because they haven't had to deal with it yet, but it's coming, you know. So and I enjoyed it. And then no stinking calls this week on the message line. I was like, huh. We we had like one of the highest download weeks, and no one called yeah. the message line. Yeah, but I ironically we got a lot of shares off that one. I mean, you know, I posted it. Yeah, we got a lot of shares. A lot of people on Twitter and a lot of people on Facebook are sharing that off of what I posted. So, you know, that's kind of cool. That is cool. So what are we talking about today? Well, you know, this is the one that everybody uh, has been waiting for, and that is what do you do uh, when the pedophile comes to your church? And notice I said not if he comes to your church, but when he comes to your church. Is it pedophile or pedophile? Um, depending, you know, I'm all jacked up, man. I lived on two continents now. So every once in a while I say something I, I got recently, somebody said, um, uh, please say, I, I think I say, uh, do I say prophetic? Yeah. And, uh, somebody's like, please say, you know, uh, say it the right way. What was it like prophetic or something? Well, dude, I've been living in, in the motherland. I mean, you know, I I've come from where English, you know, was born. So, uh, for 12 years, I lived over there. Of course, I talked totally wrong over there, too. So they're like, you know, <laughs> so no matter where just, I go. You're screwed up on two continents. Dude, I'm messed up in two different places, you know? Like, you, well, you go one word. I like, don't say, say that. I always hear you say pedophile, and I'm like, isn't it pedophile? Mm. I mean, at least that's how I always heard it. But see, I always thought it was harassment until everyone on TV said it's harassment. Well, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, I, I remember R.C. Sproul years ago used to say, like, you know, Augustine. And then he goes, but I'm I'm actually cultured, Augustine. And that's true. Like in Britain, they say Augustine or they say Augustine in America. But seriously, I can't even remember which words are from which continent anymore. So I'm jacked up in two continents, like literally like my daughter today. She's like, uh, 
our, our refrigerator's broken, right? Which not anymore because my wife got called into sub today and I was Mr. Mom at home and I, I bragged on Facebook. I did something, mis- you know, mom never does. I replaced a motherboard on a refrigerator while I was at mo- mothering. So that was pretty cool. But anyways, you know, I was telling my daughter, oh, don't get the water from the fridge, babe. Get it from the tap. Well, that's a way of saying like, you know, the faucet. Yeah. And so I don't know. Oh, you know that? Of course. You know that term? Oh, okay. Sure. So people do say the tap here. They do. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. They cool. also say it in referring to beer. What do you got on tap? Oh, oh, absolutely. But, you know, I mean, it's seriously like right, I, Joey literally, Turner? Anyway. I literally can't tell anymore after 12 years in Britain what is said in what place. So, like, I, you know, I would come back and I'd be preaching and I'd say the garage instead of the garage. Ooh, and everyone yeah. would laugh, you know, That's ha, 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 you know. Um, I even now I, I because I got made fun of when I went over there for saying aluminum, um, I got in the habit of saying aluminum. And is that what so, they say for it? Oh yeah, it's aluminium over there. So, um, so so now every once in a while I'll be talking. I'll say aluminium, and it's just all the time, all the time. Someone say, like, "Hey, would you just say?" You know, and it'll be like, "Well, I don't know, man. What what part?" You know. Wow. So, anyways, we're gonna talk about, Never about pedophiles, that. pedo pedophiles. Um, we're gonna talk about pedos today, and uh, basically, like if you say pedos, you know, you can't you can't. Short, you know, you can't short of me if, if you say pedophile. You have to be able to say pedos, right? You would still say that if you said pedophile. Yeah, I'd call him a pedo. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, you know, we're going to talk about pedos today. And, uh, but before we do that, I mean, I, I was thinking it'd be pretty cool. Tell, tell people what's going on with the magazine right now. Oh, yeah, dude. I totally forgot about that. That's all I've been working on this whole week. And yet, that thought never even crossed my mind. I knew you were like super excited to jump into the talk about pedophiles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm looking <laughs> forward to this one. Um, the magazine is now on Android. So we got a beta version of Church Planner Magazine out. It is on Android. It, uh, you know, the ironic part is I don't have an Android, so I don't know what it looks like. I'm assuming it looks just like it does on the iPad, at least. It's supposed to look pretty close to it, but um, but I don't have one, so I don't know. I haven't seen it. Dude, we don't know if, like, you open that thing up and there's a bunch of pictures of, like, men in underwear, like in the Sears catalog. Like, we have no idea what's in there. So please get on there and look at it and let us know what's actually in there. And, again, write a review. Like, if you get anything out of the magazine or out of the podcast, we we absolutely need reviews. I I can't really underscore that enough because it's just uh it, it's something that we need because it, it helps us with the rankings and all of the app stores and they they put us up higher uh which then gets more people to um see it and then they get to download it so absolutely you know give us a review and right now there's none on android because i mean literally I, I i submitted it last night so i mean it hasn't even been up for 24 hours that's awesome man that's awesome. Yeah. And that was um that was uh you know the second magazine for the week that I put out on Android cuz as you know we've been working on a magazine for um MMA. So we actually <laughs> published a magazine last Saturday. Um we didn't announce it to our list until Monday, but we're doing this with Josh Boyd, church planner in Las Vegas. He we had him on in January. He does uh, Fight Church. He's the chaplain to the MMA. 
And we actually were doing this magazine not it, – it's, it's what we're referring to as our Trojan horse. So we're totally swiping this concept, this idea from Michael Cheshire. Cha-ching. And yeah, um, I know we haven't talked about him in forever. We, have, we haven't. Yeah, the Cheshmo. Yeah. So, you know, we swiped his idea of uh, getting into businesses and whatnot. So it's not a um, – it's not a Christian magazine other than there are Christians running it. And it actually it's, it's, it's blown up. I mean, in one week we yeah. we've done in one week, what it's taken us eight months to do with church Ponder magazine. So yeah, just absolutely a, a bit of a different crowd. You know, that's a rabid crowd. It's a huge audience. And church planners, it's a you know much smaller niche audience. So yeah, and and the magazine is absolutely beautiful. And Josh Boyd is such a connected dude that there's like everybody. Uh, there's not anyone that guy can't get access to. Yeah, I mean you know I, hopefully I'm not like showing our underwear, but uh, the the biggest uh, you know network of of fighters in Asia has already contacted you guys and said, hey, you know, let's uh, let's talk. And yeah, the, so the name of the magazine is MMA Main Event. So, again, guys, download the magazine, especially if you like MMA. Cage fighting, for those of you who don't know what MMA is, and think that Christians should have no part of it, then you definitely got to get the magazine. Because you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll still think that Christians should have no part in it, which will be just great for me. I'll, I'll really enjoy those conversations. But my point is, is that um, the magazine is taken off. The uh, The... The second, it's the the group in in Asia. They do ninety percent of all the MMA fights in Asia. All of them are done through this uh, pro uh, promotion, and they're the second largest. They're right under the UFC, and so we've already cemented the deal. Um, we're going to be uh, partnering together. Uh, Tough enough, which is the largest amateur promotion, um, we're partnering with them. And uh, we've reached out to a couple other organizations, and everyone is like all for it. So uh, we're using this as a Trojan horse. One, yeah. it, it is going to be used to make money, uh, specifically um, to help us fund, for instance, Church Planner Magazine, which, by the way, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about this. You know, yeah. putting this stuff out on Android, it actually costs us money. We don't have the money to do it, but we had to do it this week, even though we didn't have the money. Because uh, basically the license that we use was going to double. First, they were going to take yeah. it away because they were in a beta, which is why we just have the beta version. Um, but it, the the license is going to be twice as expensive, and we're like, we got to pull the trigger. And and now yeah, it's, it's expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. There's a reason why everybody doesn't just start a magazine like what we're doing right now. It is a lot of money. And so here's the deal. You know the. Um, uh, it, it, it came out of pocket. And so one of the ideas that I floated by Pete was, Hey, what if our, our listeners, if they kind of helped out because we do all this for free, right? Like, you know, it, we love church planning. We love our planners out there and we want to equip you guys. So if you want to give something back, you know, if, if you've been listening and you're like, Hey, you know, this information has been, um, you know, indispensable for me. It's been absolutely necessary. How do I give back? Now's the time, but we want to offer you something as well. So if you give back right now, if you're like, hey, I want to play, uh, give a hundred bucks, Pete and I were talking. What if we said, hey, for a hundred bucks, uh, we'll interview you on the podcast and you'll be a contributor towards the Android version. And we only need a handful of you guys uh, to do this. So if you would respond to us, that'd be 
Uh, great. Just call that number. What's that number again, Pete? 562-553-0004. That's our message line. All right. And you can call and you can tell us, hey, I want to you know, donate this money. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, we'll give you more information. But we will have you on here for an hour. And what we'll do is kind of like a talk show. We'll invite you on like the guys we interview. And we'll, we'll let you interview us. In other words, we'll let you pick our brain. You can talk to us about your church planning situation. Uh, you can ask us questions. You can uh, uh, just kind of lay it out there, have us diagnose it, have us, you know, uh, give a prescription, whatever. And we'll talk all about your church plant for an hour. And, of course, it's kind of like what businesses do in a roundtable group where everybody who's listening is going to benefit because they're going to relate to what you're saying. You're going to have some unique problems, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's, it's tailor-made, but everyone else can benefit. And also, because we have uh, a pretty large audience, and so I would also say that let's say you're a, a pastor at an established church and you guys are looking at revitalization or, you know, how do we get into church planting as a church? Um, or, you know, maybe you want to sponsor another church planter and just be like, hey, look, you know what, we'll pony up 100 bucks because we want to help you guys out. And, uh, you know, you guys can use it for someone else or, you know, we want this guy over here to to be able to pick your guys's brain. You know, that's cool, too. So, OK, so and, you know, the other thing about the magazine, you mentioned about the fact it's a Trojan horse. What I love about the idea of this magazine starting up is Josh Boyd is a missionary and many first, you know, kind of like, you know, first hitting frontline um, you know, bullet stopping missionaries don't get funded because what they're doing is so out of the box that they can't get people, established churches, um, the average Christian to actually recognize what they're doing. So it's kind of like uh, Jay Hudson Taylor and the other guys. No one actually thought before he started the China Inland Mission that going to China was worth anybody's time. And same with, uh, oh, shoot, what's his name? guy that, uh, William Carey, father of modern missions, right? And I say modern, but he was 18th century, 1700s, shoe cobbler and part-time school teacher. He goes to a meeting with Andrew Fuller and some other, you know, boffins and, and you know, brainy uh, preacher guys. And they have this meeting. They're a bunch of Presbyterians. And he says, look, you know, we, we need to go do something. And, and, and the meeting was this missiological kind of think tank, but missions hadn't really started yet. And so at the end of the meeting, they all convened and said, you know, let's let's fold it down and boom, boom, boom. And he just sat there stunned and just made, muttered a comment. So is that it then? We're just going to do nothing. And they all like kind of as they were getting up, they heard him say that and they sat back down. And, you know, he he said, you know, well, we're just we just get together every month and talk about mission and don't actually do anything. And they all sat down, and so then he he unloads his heart, right? He's got this passion for the world. This is a guy that used to, like, hug the globe and weep over it in prayer. Well, that's, that's pretty crazy because he's a geography teacher, right? Hmm. I mean, he would be teaching people about, you know, Asia, and he'd break down with his students in his lesson and start crying and saying, and they're lost. They're all lost, you know? And he was just passionate for the gospel. I mean, you got to be to, you know, travel— uh, before the age of the steam engine, you know, halfway around the world and die for Jesus somewhere, right? So, you know, the, but anyway, someone someone stood up and shouted him down. Uh, an elder minister stood up and said, young man, sit down, because he got all impassioned and started standing up and almost preaching at the table. And he said, if God wants 
to convert the heathen. He doesn't need you to do it. And I think the times haven't changed that much. And so here's Josh Boyd, right? He's on the front line, MMA. Um, he's a chaplain. He's in the living room of the guys that we see on TV, right? Um, one, one MMA fighter says to another, hey, man, I'm sorry to hear you're having a hard time in marriage. Have you called Josh Boyd? You know, you should call Josh, man. Boom. You know, the guy is known as the chaplain around there. He's the dude. So the problem is Josh goes into a church and they can't even hear what he's saying when he's like, look, I can boldly go where no man's gone before. In fact, I can penetrate areas where you guys couldn't even like you couldn't even get ringside seats, man. I'm, I'm actually in the back room. You know, I'm, I'm in the room when the guy's getting taped up. You know, I'm praying for him. I'm there for him. You know, um, and, and, and the deal is, is that churches are just so far behind as usual on this stuff. Well, and not only that, but I got to interject this, Peyton. He lost a lot of his support because he's from like Indiana or something, right? I mean, he's middle of the country, Bible Belt. And when they like really heard what he was doing, they're like, um, yeah, we're not uh, we're, we're not in with this whole MMA thing. We don't yeah. think Christians should be doing anything with that. And he's lost a lot of his support. And like a missionary, um, I, don't, I don't think this is a, a shock or anything. So I don't think I'm, you know, letting anything out. But I mean, he's, he struggles financially, like big time. Yep. Um, yeah. His family, they've got one car between uh, the two of them. Most of us, we, we'd be like, one car, you know, how, how do you survive with one car? <laughs> I mean, you know, and I mean, it's not like it's a great car. He's got a big family. He's got like three kids and yeah. it's like, all right, well, I got to drive you to work because then I got to get over here and do all this stuff. And uh, he's a corporate chaplain. So he does that to, you know, make a few hundred bucks a month. And basically what that is, is some organizations have a benefit, uh, much like you'd have health insurance or something like that, where they have an onsite chaplain who's able to come in and yeah. basically do chaplain type stuff. So he does that to help augment his... Uh, his income and um, most of the churches, because you know, I've talked to him about. It. I'm as you know, I'm driving out to Vegas tomorrow. There's a, a big UFC fight, and we're using that as the official launch party. We're doing that at his house. Um, he can't afford the pay per view, right? Yeah, for yeah. a UFC fight. So that's. I'm just saying, it's not like the dude's rich at all. It's just he's yeah. got a heart for this. And he's willing to do it, and no one else is. But all the churches, well, even around Las Vegas, are like, eh, well, you know, that's fighting. And it's like they're they're more accepting of him, but even the yeah. men in the church are like, eh, that's not really a, a ministry well, I want to get involved with. You, you you meet Josh, and you just immediately like the dude. God is so hardwired this dude to like go in and, and, and do what he does. I mean, he's just likable. But he's a new breed partner, so it's kind of like – you know, if, if the new breeders will, will understand, if you're in the network, we're going to take care of you. You know, it's just kind of a, a deal. Not everybody needs the help that Josh does, but that was kind of something that Pete's like, hey, man, I can start a magazine for this guy and this can fund him um, because there's no reason that a guy it, it, it's my biggest pet peeve. Right. That guys that are needed out there are usually the least funded. Now, I'm just going to say this because it's very, very controversial. But here's the deal. Most of our established churches are chucking money on stuff that they have no business chucking money at. Here's, you know, building bigger barns, repainting the sanctuary, on and on. And here's the deal. Meanwhile, we got guys like Josh Boyd 
that you know are are out there where no one wants to go right the church just puts its head back in the hole in the ground and refuses to fund these guys i think when we get to heaven jesus is going to be like hey man i told you guys that the world was wiser with the, with how they use money and how they invested and i told you to be smart about investing for the kingdom i told you you think to jesus is going to have a i told you so moment <laughs> All, all I know is that the older I get in Christianity and the more I see the circus antics of the church and the more I'm convinced if he were here, he'd be given like, you know, leather weaving classes, you know, like how to braid pieces of leather together into a whip because, you know, it, it's overturn it's overturning tables and, and money, money lender tables in the temple time because so much of what we do as churches is just for money. And for all kinds of crap. Meanwhile, mission is suffering. I met with my sending pastor. So the we can other hire day. another pastor, another associate Dude, pastor. I I met with my with my sending pastor, and he was asking me. I mean, he loves me to death, and I love him. And he was just asking me, so what are you doing? And I'm in this place right now where I'm training other guys. But I told him, I wouldn't be surprised if one day God's going to call me to uh, go to an established church and just completely splice its DNA and make it into a sending powerhouse. Because it, in one sense, part of me wants to do this so that I can show people, look, this is what this is what I'm talking about. This is how you spend your money out. Even, even now, where I'm in uh, Refuge Long Beach, rather than taking a pay increase, you know, I'm capped. I don't make a lot. I'm capped. And boom, I've now put someone else on. Um, our established churches have no idea what this means, right? This is this is literally so that the gospel can go further, faster. And so my point is, you know, and I get on my soapbox, but my point is usually the guys who need the funding the most get it the least because a church has misguided priorities. Its priorities is not mission anymore. And so when I was talking with my sitting pastor, I said, look, um, I'm not opposed to being big. I'm opposed to being big and losing your mission. If you're big and you know what your mission is, then you are a force to be reckoned with in the kingdom of God because you're going to just fund tons of frontline ministry. But that's not the pattern that we're seeing in America. Josh Boyd, it's criminal that that kid should not be getting full funding. It is absolutely criminal. And it is also, and forgive my rant here, but I mean, it, it, you know, 2,000 years on from the first century, I mean, Paul was naked. He said, having food and clothing, I'll be content. That guy didn't have enough money. And that often I look back and I think, man, you know, if I lived in the first century, would I have funded the Apostle Paul? I, I just think the church needs to sit back and think about that. Why was the Apostle Paul unfunded? Hmm. Right? Hmm. Crazy. No excuse for it and no excuse for it today. And I'm not even going to apologize about my rant. If I if I offended you, then like Bono said, am I bugging you? <laughs> am I bugging you yet? Don't mean to bug you. But that's where it's at. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's kind of uh, part of what we're going to use this magazine for is yeah. to fund him. And, um, uh, you know, again, it's not making any money yet, but it's been out for a week. And in one week, we've done what it's taken us eight months with Church Planner Magazine. So, yeah. And um, and we should also point out that, you know, we're not advertising it because this is actually meant to be a magazine that has a secular reach, like Josh's ministry. Yeah. In fact, 
it's it's kind of like how Josh when he goes into a into a gym, say like a dojo, and he's talking to a, a coach or a trainer. He'll go in there and say, look, mind, body, spirit, because that's very much how the fight community works. And he, he goes in and says, look, you know, mind, body, spirit, but I'm, I'm the spirit part of it. Right. Right. And so uh, and, and, and that's and just he's welcomed in literally to every gym. So if you watch MMA, the guys that you see fighting in Bellator in Tough Enough in the UFC, those are the gyms because uh, Las Vegas is the, the mecca for yeah. MMA. Those are the gyms that Josh has free reign in. So everyone else is paying, you know, their hundred bucks a month or whatever it is to be a member there. Josh just gets to go in, be with the guys, be a chaplain. Like we went out there or I was out there in December and we were shooting videos for the magazine and it was like, you know, I was with Josh. So they let me in every time I try to enter the building without Josh. They're like, who are you? I'm like, dude, you just saw me five minutes ago. I'm with Josh, you know, because like he's got full reign and and they they love him. Yeah. And so um they just know him by face. Like literally they know who he is. They just look at him. It's like if you look at one of these big MMA fighters you're like, "Oh, I know it, you know, uh Shamrock." Oh yeah, you know, boom. Like you just know him by face. He's and friends so, with Shamrock. I mean, yeah. So, um, you know, and I just want to hit on a couple of things here how we're using it because I I really want to just kind of stretch people's minds in this. So, like you mentioned, this is not a magazine that's aimed at the Christian market at all. Yeah. Uh, though there will be, you know, from time to time, Christian influence. And uh, more importantly, I would say, uh, it, you know, it's run by Christians. So, what I mean by that is, you know, Josh and I are running this magazine, and then we do have input from you on it as well. And um, we have... Uh, a ring girl section in the magazine. And that right there, I mean, most Christians that would be like over the top, you know, how do you have a ring girl section in there? And it was funny because Josh and I were talking about this and I'm like, you know, Josh gives me all these, uh, these pictures. And so it's an interview section with the ring girl. So the ring girls, those are the gals who hold the cards up. So if you used to watch boxing, if you don't watch MMA, right, you know, they've got, okay, we're in round one, we're in round two. Those are the ring girls. And uh, they're usually, usually, you know, look like a cheerleader or something like that, usually wearing a little bit less, actually, than a cheerleader. But um, the family-friendly uh, uh, promotions, as they're called, the MMA promotions, they'll usually wear tennis shoes and, and shorts. Um, and then, you know, the, the non-family-friendly ones, they're, like, wearing bikinis or whatever. So we wanted to have a ring girl section in this magazine. Uh, one, because that's kind of what's expected in an MMA magazine. Every MMA magazine has a ring girl section, but we want it to be different than every other magazine. So every other magazine, what is it? It's it's Sports Illustrated, right? It's a bunch of chicks in bikinis or lingerie um, in the magazine. So ours is, um, I, I don't know that I can actually repeat what my rules are. <laughs> You've heard me say what our, our rules are. No, but are. it's no, but your your rule is basically I mean to nothing crass. Yeah, your rule is we're not gonna exploit them. I mean yeah. the world is is trying to exploit a ring girl and make her a sex object. And you're like, you know what? They're a big part of the MMA scene. We'll interview them, there'll be some pictures, but they'll be tasteful. And that right there is an absolute departure. Well, you know, here's the thing. Josh and I, Josh and I were talking about it, and we're like you know, this, I think, is a really important thing that we could have because these girls are not treated with respect. And, like, every photographer is trying to, 
have sex with these girls. Um, there's, there's, you know, as Josh tells the story, he goes, look, there's levels to modeling. And the level that these ring girls are at, usually what they do is they go and they become a Corona girl one night and the next night they're, you know, um, uh, you know, a Budweiser girl and they're a ring girl on the weekend. And it's that level of modeling, right? But what they really wanted and the whole reason they got into this modeling thing was, you know, they wanted to be a high fashion model or something along those lines. But just like, uh, um, you know, you see in California with the adult uh, entertainment industry, you know, these girls who wanted to become actresses, and the next thing you know, they're now in porn. Um, that's the same kind of thing that happens with these ring girls, right? And so we're like, look, how can we do this where it's it's different? It's, it's, um, it's classier, but yet at the same time, we're able to show these girls respect that no one else shows them. And, you know, our guys and, and whoever we have that can do uh, uh, photography for us out in Las Vegas, they're not trying to hit on these girls every five minutes. They're not trying to take them to bed every night. And, we, you know, we tell them, if, you, if your goal was to be a high fashion model, then we want to see some pictures of you wearing high fashion. We don't want the underwear shot. Like, that's, that's not what we want. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I mean, so I, I – it was funny because he and I talked about this for like a half hour, 45 minutes, and we were both like, look, this is something that that would really benefit these girls. One, it gives them promotion, right, because they're trying to get the next gig just like everybody else. Um, but to really show them you know, what it could mean to uh, be involved with the magazine but not be like you know, a sex symbol where everything is about sex. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's completely unusual. Like even in that, it's a witness. And so here's the deal: is the magazine itself, it's not a Christian magazine, but it definitely has the Christian, uh, you know, kind of undergirding and underpinning. And so the deal is, you know, there's not going to be profanity in the magazine. There's not going to be exploitation of women in the magazine. It is a fight magazine about the fight culture, but it will be done from a Christian background. And one thing that we haven't pointed out is that 10% of the uh, proceeds from this magazine will actually go back into church planning in some way, shape, or form. So pretty cool on that. Yeah, that's on um, on all the profits. I mean, because uh, that's, that's not enough to fund Josh. Josh will make money as basically an employee of the magazine, but 10% is going back into church planning. So. That's yeah. the point of it. So, guys, you know, we we actually, Pete, we didn't we didn't mean to talk about it uh, so much, but it's kind of a big deal. One of the things that we want to do in future is work with Josh a bit. He's got this thing called Fight Church, where you can train with him. If you heard our interview with Josh, um, I'm just saying this off off the back here because one of the things we're going to be doing in Long Beach is a uh, new breed kind of works like the mafia, where money never changes hands because you know we know people are poor, and if you have money. You're pouring it into what you're doing. So what we tend to do in our network is we always say, well, you know, look, we'll do this for you. And so this is kind of an example of, you know, as a guy plugged into the network, um, you know, we're helping him out. And but what we'll do is we'll tap him in future and say, look, man, we're starting a fight club right in our community in Long Beach. And a fight church, you know, not a fight club. Yeah. It's actually yeah. And it's fight church is what we're going to call it. And it's literally going to be like uh, we'll have guys that you know, or Christians that are, you know, have dojos and stuff like that. Josh is connected, man. So he'll, he'll hook us up and we're like, dude, we want you to bring some guys out from Vegas. We want this and that, and we'll launch this thing. And when we do, Josh will be there. And so 
that's how it works. So they'll, but eventually what we want to do is um, because Josh has fight church and it's a brand um, he wants to help other guys get chaplaincies started up and he has to be jealous over that. Like he can't just like put it on the internet and say, buy the pack for this much, because if you're going to take the name, it has to be organic. It has to be relational. You could actually come spend time with him, but he will eventually have stuff where, you know, he'll, he'll put something online, not, not to use the name, but actually to use the training. If you just want to start the fight church concept, um, like what we're doing for an outreach in Long Beach, um, where we, you know, that's how we're reaching out to youth because we're saying, you know, we can get them in the room for a Bible study, maybe, but probably not, right? But, and we're not going to throw candy at them and do games. We're going to have them beat on each other. Because they'll you know, show up not, for that. Well, absolutely. And if not, they're going to be shooting each other. How cool is it when the guy who has just been training them you know, shares his testimony, you know, and there will be a time every week where someone will share the gospel. Just boom, you take a break, you take a breather, someone shares the gospel, boom. And that's, that's fight church in a box. Yeah. So anyway, are we going to talk about the pedophiles or, uh, yeah, we've been putting this off as long as we possibly can. We haven't even, <laughs> here's the rule on pedophiles. Uh, they can't come. All right. No, all right, all right. Topic. Next topic. So uh, here's the deal. Pete and I have been talking about having this discussion for a long time, and both of us have been like, we don't want to do it. We have to talk about it. It's very important, but we don't want to talk about it. Um, in one sense, you very much want to talk about it, but you want to talk about it with this sound effect, right? I mean, <laughs> it 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 just takes you off, man, when when you hear about it. But um, Pete, did we want to go over the magazine at all? Do you want to talk about some of the magazine that just came out, or do you want well, to save that for another day? Uh, let's go on to this topic since we're already halfway into the show. And and uh, <laughs> all right, Joey Roper, that's a new record for you, pal. That is a new record, let me tell you. So and and all that was completely unplanned and unscripted, and it doesn't doesn't show in any way that we're brilliant. It actually shows that we have ADHD, pretty much. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, not. If the pedophile comes to your church, but when the pedophile comes to your church, they will be there. In fact, police uh, often demonstrate the fact that uh, churches are pedophile magnets. So just know that probably sitting in your church right now, there is a pedophile. And so you've got, and, and I know like people are like, oh, no, no, no. Guys, I can almost walk into a room and just be like, you know, kind of like risk assessment now. I've been in ministry for 21 years. I've seen people that years ago I would have never thought. And over the years now, I've just, I've learned to put stuff together. And, you know, it's kind of like when you do like a, a profiling of a serial killer, you start learning certain behaviors, patterns, uh, idiosyncrasies that you say, you know, that that's an indicator that there's a problem. And um, let me just say at the outside, outset that uh, all pedophiles, um, almost all pedophiles were themselves victims of sexual abuse. And so let that color the discussion slightly. These are people that uh, are sick. They have been hurt usually by someone else. So although I mentioned, you know, that we want to take a shotgun and, uh, you know, and blow them all away, uh, make the world a better place. Lid. <laughs> <laughs> the reality is that uh, these are people that, that definitely uh, need to be kept away from other people in society. I, I remember when we once merged uh, with another church in Wales. Um, there was a church on one side of town that was dying and they called us up and 
said, hey, uh, what about a merge? And, and, and actually, I think I initiated that because I was getting ready to leave that church, and I, I really admired the guy that, that was leading that. But they were struggling, right? Wales is a tough place to plant, and their plant was dying, and ours was thriving. And I said, look, why don't we merge? Because what I was really trying to say was, why don't you come take over so that I can move on? And um, they merged, but what he didn't tell me when we merged was that he had a pedophile that had not yet gone to court for incest. So I just got to say, I've seen it all, man. I've seen, you know. And that was a, uh, a woman, wasn't it? It was a woman who slept with her own teenage son. So, I mean, and, I, the re- only reason why I bring that up is, I mean, we automatically assume pedophile dude. And nope. that's not always the case. Definitely not. The the I don't know what the statistic is, but it's on the rise for women to be pedophiles. And that's because, you know, when you've been hurt, um, hurt people hurt people. And so that was, you know, I just remember him saying at the beginning, don't put anyone in a position of Sunday school unless you talk to me first. Well, of course, I got to let you guys know the first thing is I am the Sunday school Nazi, right? You have to be criminal background check before you come anywhere near my Sunday school, excuse me, I was burping there. Um, and if you if you actually seem weird, just a little weird, um, you're not getting in my Sunday school. Um, never. And, you know, so uh, there was someone who had come to us who was um, had a background as a sex worker. And um, I, I, you know, uh, they told me up front, look, you won't find anything in my criminal background check because um, those are mandatory. Guys, you got to make those mandatory. You need a criminal background check. Because you're liable. Um, yes, you are. You, by the way, Pastor, um, if it was found that you uh, did not have the proper uh, barriers up around children, you are as culpable as a school principal. As a pastor of a church, you need to know that if it all hits the fan, you may go to jail and you need to know that. OK, you can't just say, oh, I didn't know. You know, we just she was nice. We let her in the Sunday school. You need to have a policy. People can sue you for this and parents will sue you Absolutely. for this. Trust me. If they don't kill you, they'll sue you. Absolutely. There, there are people that won't. And I am I, I let people know in my church that your kids are safe here. And I tell people from the pulpit, Pete's heard me say it before, I will be the person to make the phone call to lock you up, right? Oh, yeah. There's two things you can guarantee. I'm going to be the He's guy to call that the... on me several times, and I've never done anything. <laughs> you... <laughs> oh, man, did that throw me off, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine that conversation. Pete, if you hurt a child... <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! Well, no, I actually use it as a joke uh, when we go to get our son because he's back in the uh, the children's area, and uh, they'll be like, "Oh, Pete, you know, can you do something or other, you know, help out or whatever?" I'm like, "Oh no, I haven't had a background check. I'm just here to pick up Luke, and I got to get the heck out of here." <laughs> I've I've not had my check yet, so yeah, and and that's it. Is it needs you know? There's everything from like you have to consider. Let's say you're using like a a, a school facility, right? Um, you have to think of things when you're putting a policy together. And mind you, you have to have a policy. You have to write this stuff down. You have to throw a Sunday school meeting with your, your Sunday school volunteers, and you have to lay this down. You have to tell them, I'm a Nazi because I'll go to jail. 
And if I find that you've not followed this, I will have a talk with you because I love my family and I don't want to be locked up. And you may not go to jail. I will. I am listed as the president or, you know, whatever it is of this 501c nonprofit uh, charity. And it is my butt. So if you think I'm a, you know, a hard nut on this, there's a reason why I am because it's my butt, right? So you got to tell them that. But one of the things you have to think about, number one, background check. Number two, if they're a sex worker like that woman earlier, um, I couldn't have her as a Sunday school teacher. And she got upset. And I just said, look, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, because now I know that you're a sex worker, it, it you know, or had been a sex. And this is sad. This is hard for me. Those of you that listen to the podcast know this is hard for me. But when things go to court, when that background comes up, um, and it will get, everything will come up. I'm just telling you, they will, they will call people you went to high school with. They will call, you know, people from 20 years ago, um, your old girlfriends, boyfriends, if you're suspected of pedophilia, um, and everything comes out. And if it comes out that, you know, uh, that I put a, an ex sex worker in my Sunday school and she hurt a kid, um, I'm going to jail. And it's, it's also a thing to note that, and and this is one thing that that's kind of disturbing in some ways but you are guilty until proven innocent so even if she didn't do anything to a kid but was accused of it she's also yeah. got this history now of being a sex worker i mean forget it man game over your church has now got a black eye i mean you know what i'm saying like you're you're guilty until proven innocent even if you aren't guilty you absolutely are um, you know, the media loves the idea that a minister, because of everything that's gone on with the Catholic Church, um, you know, the media loves the fact that a minister may be accused of pedophilia. They, they can't wait. It's like they salivate. They froth at the mouth. Um, I, I you know, would to God that the church would be known as the one place on planet Earth where people said no. Uh-uh, not happening here. Instead, the church has been rife with cover-ups. Um, pastors have been like, oh, well, you know, we, we got to forgive. And no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is a place where Jesus didn't mess around. For all the grace, love, and mercy that Jesus taught, he did say, would that you had had a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the deepest part of the ocean than that you would hurt one of these little ones uh, who follows after me. Um, you know, he, he says about children, you know, and, and some people say, oh, no, he's talking about, you know, uh, believers. No, he actually calls in one of the Gospels, he calls the children, gives that speech and says, you know, their uh, angels have a special place before my father in heaven. And so uh, Jesus doesn't mess around with kids. He's basically saying, if you mess with kids, I'm coming for you. Um, I, you don't want to be you. Trust me. Right. So. I think the church has an excuse to stand up and tell the world, you know what? Uh, and, and, if, and if every church in America and worldwide would make this stand that, look, we will be the first to come after you on this, then it would actually be an incredible witness to the world. That's the place where judgment would be appropriate in protecting innocence. Yeah, it would. And, I don't. I don't know why the church doesn't do that. I think, dude, we're backwards on the. We, we we're, we're we're judging on the wrong thing. It's kind of like when Jesus turned to the Pharisees and said, "Make a right judgment." 
I don't know if you know that verse. He actually says, make a right judgment. This is one of my favorite verses. You know, we're talking about where money goes from established churches. It all goes back into making the church a big, giant cult, you know, country club. Um, we, we, you know, blast people that, you know, have sexuality issues. And I'm not saying the Bible didn't call them to repent. I mean, I'm, I'm old school on that. But when it comes to how we approach them, you love them. You give them the gospel. You bring them into the community. Um, but the church is just so backwards on everything. Yeah, you know, I remember we were at the Raw Conference, uh, which is actually the the time that we had dinner with uh, Michael Cheshire. And oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, there was some Cheshire. yeah, and you know the story because I don't remember what church it was. It doesn't really matter. It's it's the point that I want to get across. Um, the the pat it was a big church. You know, it doesn't. I don't remember what the size was. Over a thousand, I'm pretty sure. And uh, the pastor's wife uh, committed adultery. And it was like this huge thing in the church, and all the elders are there, and they're like, "All right, we're back in the pastor," and um, you know she's out, and blah blah blah, and you know, and and then you come to find out, like three weeks later, after they've already circled the wagons around the pastor, and we're gonna we're gonna blast this woman, and you know, look at what she did. You find out he's been having an affair with someone for just you know as long, and it's like, what the heck is wrong with the church? What is and. And they wouldn't stop backing him. Like they had already backed him, and they're like, "Well, we got to still back him. We still got to be, you know, around him. We're gonna, we're gonna stay with him." And it's like I don't, I don't get this. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't get why we don't just look. You're out. You know, we can forgive yeah. you, but you know, there's, there's problems here, yeah. and there, there needs to be something here. I don't know what it is, but. Well, because the modern, uh, the Western church, the American church is built around personality. I was reading. Well, um, that's true. Was, that's very true. It was either Kevin DeYoung or, um, I, I mean, if people love you and shout your name from the front, I mean, you can do almost anything you want. Yeah. And, you know, within certain limitations. But, I mean, it, it, once people have followed your cult of personality, it, it, your personality, not your morality, not your character. I mean, it's funny how Paul, you know, he brings up character. Character's the deal. If you're going to be, be a leader, your character is the qualifier. He doesn't talk about your gifting. He doesn't talk about your personality. He doesn't talk about any of that stuff. Your intelligence He talks about your character. And so, you know, the, the bottom line is that, um, you know, for us with the cult of personality, um, it's, it's so different. I, I think it was, uh, Kevin Young who went to Britain last week and he was just saying how like, you know, and this is so how it is in Britain, the British people, God bless them. They helped me not take myself so seriously. So when I left, I had a celebrity mentality as an American pastor. I'd, I'd come from a mega church. Um, you know, people, I can remember coming back, speaking at places and people asking for my autograph, no joke. Right. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it, it, it's and, and once you go to Britain, you can be the best preacher on planet Earth in the British mindset. They have a saying in Wales called Jack is as good as his master, meaning like Jack is a servant. He's in his own mind. He's as good as, you know, you're not any better than me. Socialism is much more acceptable in Britain than it is and in most parts of Europe than it is in America. Because the underlying mentality is, hey, we had that whole social class system with lords and commoners. And, you know, now they've just reacted against it. So over the years now, um, you go there 
no one's going to be impressed with you. It's like they're all your wife, right? If you're in ministry, you know, you get done and your wife's just not impressed with you, right? So your wife is the exact same or the, uh, the congregations, they're like, you're just a dude, like get over yourself, man. Right. And, and so that, that's an important, you know, and it was so good for me to be there. Gosh, man, especially considering, you know, kind of what I had come from. And so, see, I heard (laughs) you preach. I don't think you're that good. I mean, but you talk <laughs> just playing. Well, you know, maybe just compared to other people, right? <laughs> I'm just joking. No, but I'm I'm not that good. And and, and in fact, it was so funny because when I went out there and started doing front, I used to be a different preacher in the sense that I used to prep, and I was what you would call a pulpiteer, where I would labor, labor, labor to make my sermon the hotness, right? And then I get on my face before God, and. And and those are all good things. Study to show yourself approved. You know, definitely seek the blessing of the Holy Spirit. But it became a sort of idolatry about the sermon. And so we're going way off topic. That that could be another topic for another day. But I remember at one stage just feeling like, hey, you know, I don't really care. Like Paul, um, I can impress people with my eloquence. I just want the Spirit to turn up and people to be saved. That's yeah. it. And so I I had to kind of turn my back. Um, because you know it may have, may have made me a popular preacher, but it actually was hurting my own spirituality. And uh, you know, and anyway, so you know, going back to the pedophile. So on your policy, you need a criminal background check. You need um, where do they get uh, those? And, by the way, how, how do they get a criminal background check? Yeah, you'll get them um, through the uh, police department. So you need someone to talk to the police department and run through that with them. And you can go online and and look up things like um, protecting children and checking out different websites, good, you know, uh, good practice rules. And so we're going to talk about those good practice rules. Um, but first off, having your policy criminal background, have an interview, get a, because even if something doesn't turn up, you need to ask the hard questions in an interview. Um, you need to be asking things like, you know, have you ever been married before? Why did your marriage break up? Um, have you ever been sexually assaulted? Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, you need to have, you know, a talk. You, and what I would suggest is having an application and then having an interview over that application. And then past that, you need to have barriers up in the church. So, for example, um, parents can't become teachers, Um they just can't. You have a teaching staff. I would rather cancel Sunday school knowing that my kids are protected than grab somebody I don't really know, hasn't been through the proper vetting system, and run my Sunday school. That's I'd actually a really good point. So what you're saying is, let's say you've got a staff, uh, maybe it's two people, right? And they yeah. can't be there some Sunday. You're yeah. saying don't have children's church, make all the kids sit with the parents in the regular yeah. church rather yeah. than grab and, someone and say, all right, can you watch the kids? Yeah. And I know everyone's like, what? You know, yeah. because they're going, hey, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, we're big people. We sit and listen to the big people sermon. I got news for you guys. Most of the world uh, doesn't have Sunday school. The underground church in China, the underground church in the Middle East, um, the church in Africa, they don't have children's church. I, and I can guarantee you the first century church didn't have it either. People worshiped as families. It's a very much a thing we do to get the freaking kids out of the way. And here's the deal. Um, it won't kill you to see, you know, your kid to see dad worshiping Jesus sometime. It, it's not the worst thing in the world to hand your kid an iPhone. Okay, 45-minute sermon might be a little bit too much for them. 
head them your iPhone and, you know, uh, turn the sound off and, but keep them safe. So I'd much rather, yes, do that. And then the other thing is the bathrooms. Okay. Say you guys are meeting in a school or a public space or whatever, have a special bathroom just for kids and announce to people, you cannot use this bathroom. This is for our children. And then the way that you really keep the kids safe is that, uh, no teacher is allowed to take the child to the bathroom. So say you've got two Sunday school teachers and they're in the Sunday school and they're like, hey, you know, um, uh, little Johnny had to go to the bathroom. Well, uh, so they said, well, you know, two of us have to stay in the room. Always have two teachers, by the way. Always. Not right? husband and wife. It sh- and if they are a husband and wife, have someone else. Right. So we have a husband and wife team. Often Sunday school teams are husband and wife. But you're right. There are husband and wife pedophile teams. That is very common, by the way. In fact, it's hard to be a, a kind of career pedophile and keep it secret from your spouse for too long. And some uh, spouses over the years have learned to live with it, unfortunately, um, showing that, you know, I mean, it's not a big shock. A sick person, uh, you know, tends to attract sick, uh, a sick spouse. So, um, you know, not always, but... Uh, so, so then in your policy, you know, you, you have, you know, uh, two teachers on, like Pete said, not married, and then, you know, uh, additional help. And then the bathrooms, no teacher takes a kid to the bathroom. So uh, what we do then is we, when we sign up, because you're like, oh, I can't afford a, an expensive pager system. Dude, you're living in the 80s or 90s. We're in the new millennium. We all got cell phones. So when they sign in, take their cell phone. I don't care if you're in the poorest neighborhood. Everyone in the poor homeless people have cell phones. Yep. So you take their cell phone number. And guess what? When little Johnny has to go to the bathroom, you text mom and dad and say, hey. And if mom and dad don't come, you know what you do? You leave the room. If there's two of you, you have to leave the room. There's no problem. I'd rather have a teacher leave the room for a second for interrupt my service. And I've said this, Pete, you'll bear me out. I've said this repeatedly interrupt my service. I don't care. Right. Like just what we were saying. I can't tell you how many times, like, especially when we were at Bixby, uh, when we were in the community center itself, just how that, uh, building was set up. You'd see the children's helper, whoever it was that was working it, come to the main door, which is, I don't know, six feet from where the pulpit was and call the parent out. And the parent would basically, you know, cut in front of everyone and go take their kid to the bathroom. It's not a performance. This is the idolatry of the service, the church service. We, oh, you know, you interrupted the service. People aren't going to be able to concentrate. You know what? That's that's absolute nonsense. The reality is, people will like look over there for a second, and inside they'll go, "My kids are safe, man. That's cool." And then they'll turn back to you, and actually, what they'll do is they'll go, "I can really concentrate now because I know my kids are safe. I don't have to be worrying about them right now. These guys got my back." And then they'll think. Man, they've got four kids. Why can't they all go to the bathroom at the same time? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's funny. I just remember the Rampies, man. Oh, yeah. They were always up. Because what they have? They had like four kids, right? Yeah, some other three. But three. they seem like five. <laughs> they're like all boys, aren't they? Yeah, they were all Bam Bams, all there three There you them. go, man. So, you know, so here's the deal. You know, have those policies in place. And, you know, the overarching thing that was really a lesson to me years ago when I left for the mission field, I I had a youth group that I regularly, um, I was an assistant pastor, but I still continue to lead the, uh, the youth group. And the guy that took my place was the most Christ-like man. He was actually in a, 
pretty well-known Christian band. Um, I'm not going to mention it, but uh, but he took my place as a youth pastor. I remember feeling like, man, that guy is the Christian I want to be. He is so Christ-like in who he is that you know I I feel so good leaving uh, the kids that I labored for and gave my heart and soul for that they are now. Uh, you know, in good hands. And he's in jail right now for pedophilia of teenage boys. And, um, you know, that when I first and heard... you've even said, haven't you, that uh, you look back at, at that youth group and there's been some suicides and stuff, and you're like, I wonder if, you know, those kids had been... Absolutely. Assaulted. Yeah. There were two groups that I handed over, and in one of the groups, um, the first group that he took... Uh, there have been about four or five of those young men in that group that have committed suicide. And, you know, over the years, I, I remembered because I was overseas and I would it's like punctuated equilibrium. When you live overseas, you hear news and it, you put it all together. It's not you don't have all this news in between. You hear the big stuff like that. And so I'd hear that. And to me, it all kind of coalesced together. And I remember sitting down with my my sending pastor and saying, gosh, you know, uh, I, I'm seeing a pattern here. You know, and I said to him, and it was like my my sending pastor turned white as a ghost because I think he he kind of realized, yeah, you know what, that son of a gun, that's right. So many of them. I mean, I all I have to do is pull out a, a photo album, guys. This is what we're talking about. This is why we have to be Nazis. I mean, kids are dead uh, because of this crap, right? Like it, it's 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 this is for keeps, man. You know, so I I get really um, fired up. I I tell my church when I first plan it, I come out on this stuff, and I just say, look, man, there's two things I'm passionate about: your kids and the lost. And you know, I don't mess around on those two issues. Those are the two people I'm really concerned about on a Sunday morning, because those are the two that I have to answer God before. And I, I'll tell you, I I personally believe that every pastor who you know, if you're there and a kid gets hurt on your watch. Um, because you didn't put the proper things in place. It's time for you to resign. There ought to be that kind of accountability. Um, if, if you know, there were things that you had the right policies in place and there were things outside of your control, maybe the guy starts inviting people over to his house. I've had that. I've seen that. I fired someone from Sunday school when I was a Sunday school administrator for that. Um, they probably still are out there cursing my name. But uh, we gave a warning once. We saw him. Oh, I was counseling the kid, you know, Sunday school after church. Room was kind of dark, off in a corner. And I said, I will never see that again. Happened again. You're gone. You're out of there. I don't care what you think of me. You're gone. Right. And you're not to touch Sunday school ever again. That was back when I was in a, in a mega church. So you have to be ruthless. I'm, I'm just telling you, as a guy 21 years down the line, having been in ministry this long, um, it, 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 I'm just telling you, I've seen too much blood. I've seen too much. And yeah, you know, it's funny because in, um, in marketing, I have to deal with a lot of this myself. Like the FTC has changed now what they do and they will come after the marketer who allowed a company to do stuff. So even though I don't work for a company, they've hired me to do something. If I use testimonials that I know aren't backed up, I'm liable. Yeah. And it's like the FTC wins. I mean, that's just the way it works. You can't, you don't get to fight the government. So for me, it's like really clear. Look, I'm sorry. If you're going to do that, I'm not the guy for you because I'm not going to jail for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you got to you got to make sure like you're um, sometimes your Sunday school teachers just know this. Like you might have an older woman. She's like in her 50s or something. And she's like, I've been doing this for 25, 30 years. And you're like, oh, she must really know what she's doing. You got to watch out for those ones because, you know, 25, 30 years ago, gosh, everybody's parents was, you know, uh, letting people spend the night at some creepy dude's house. Right. I grew up in the 70s and so many kids got hurt because they didn't know back then. So if she's been doing Sunday school that long, um, she's been doing it from back when they did crazy stuff and didn't think about it. Right. And she's looking at you going, oh, these young people, they're so paranoid. And you have to watch out for them. I'm just telling you, because what will happen is they will say, yes, yes. Um, They'll be like the son who says yes, but they do the opposite, right? Like Jesus talked about. And he said, which one's better? The one who says, you know, yes and doesn't do it or the one who says no, but actually does what you said. I'd rather have someone go, you know what? You're just talking total smack. I totally disagree with you. I think you're a Nazi on this. I think you're way, you know, overboard on this. But like Peter, you know, nonetheless, because you've said I'll cast my net on the other side, you know, I'll do it because I don't want to be a jerk about it. I think you're being a jerk. I'd rather have someone think I'm a jerk and their kids be safe than someone think I'm really nice. And oh, what a nice guy. He really understands people in Sunday school. And then a kid gets hurt. Now, now I know we're, we're basically out of time, but let me just ask you this question because, um, you know, at refuge, we have a, a rule, you know, you don't care if the kids stay in with the adults. I mean, that's no, since not the all. beginning. It's been, look, you don't want to send your kids back to children's church. You don't have to. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but what about parents who want to stay in the back with their kid in children's church and they want to make sure they're okay, but they haven't gone through the background checks. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you kind of have to make an allowance for that. And you have to tell the parent, look, you know, we have child, like, I totally get it. You're here. You want to see them. I let them, but only because they're chaperoned at all times. So, you know, the fear that obviously I know because they can only take their own kid to the bathroom and they can't ever be alone with the kid. We set enough safeguards up where we can allow them to come in for a Sunday. And the reason why that's not a problem for us is because we're so safe. Um, But we do tell them, look, you know, we can't have you in here every week because the rule is um, you have to be background checked, but we, you know, but we understand we always, you know, parents first time in want to check it out. Now you've checked us out. You know, if you absolutely need a second week, that's cool too. But beyond that, we're putting ourselves at jeopardy. Uh, putting ourselves at risk because we have a very strict policy and people, parents, the reason the parents sitting in there is because they want to hear that from you. <laughs> you have a strict policy. Well, not I, only that, but those are also usually the the parents who were abused as kids going to a church. Absolutely. And if you tell them, no, um, that's creepy. Uh, you want to take my kids and you're not going to let me. Yeah. Especially back. first time to a church. They don't know you. They don't even know what your policy is. So always with a, a first-time person, we tell them, hey, look, you know, because there are. Some some of you planners don't realize this, but you go to an established church, there's heavy, heavy pressure to put your kids with complete strangers, right? You don't let in just a stranger babysit your kid. So why am I letting a McMartin preschool thing unfold in front of my eyes, right? So in, in parents feel like deer's caught in the headlight. In fact, oftentimes, I'm not even thinking about it when they roll into the parking lot. At least dads aren't. Uh, moms are probably thinking about it for weeks lying awake at night. But the reality is you get in there and the uh, the thing they need to hear is, hey, mom, I get it. You know, cool. Sit in. 
But just know, you know, we can't do this every week because, you know, boom, 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 we have this strict policy. Have a copy of that policy for new people to hand out. Um, our team usually has one. We have a file, it has everything. It's got sign-up sheets. We make sure we have a policy in there that can be handed out to new people. And I always make a beeline for new people. Tell them, look, if you want to have your kids sitting, you know, you don't know us. And I always say that. I'm always super honest, right? People respond to honesty. Look, you don't know us. You don't know if we're weirdos or what we're going to do with your kids. And I always tell them, just let you know, I'm a super big Nazi on, you know, keeping your kids safe. All of our people are vetted. No one's ever alone with a kid at any time, blah, blah, blah. But if you want to go in and sit in there and just kind of get a feel for it, just so you're comfortable, you know, you're more than welcome, you know, but either way, you know, just make yourself at home. Boom, boom, boom. And when you're reaching unchurched people, you got to know that's important. That's super important. My gosh. Cool. Yeah. Well, hey, there was a talk we didn't want to have. Huh? I know. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And speaking of that, um, we do have on uh, floating around Facebook right now, um, we have uh, a piece out of our coloring book for Sunday school. Uh, it's It's got Pete and I on the so cover. It's called funny. The Code. And by the way, what are you doing with your hand? It's like you want to do a high five, but you got my hand up on the other arm. And I, I it looks like you're about ready to smack me on the side of my head. Yeah, I'm not a very good drawer. Yeah, we 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 saw the uh, the big controversial thing. I called Pete the other day, and um, or Pete called me actually at the end of my rant. He just goes, "I just called to say hi." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you haven't noticed, I do occasionally rant. Sometimes Pete calls me out, and I'm like, "Dude, first thing I say to him, stop the church. I want to get off, man. I'm so sick. I just saw people like." you know, bashing a dude and, you know, making fun of his coloring book and, you know, okay, there's some concerning things this coloring book, but Pete and I, rather than jumping into the fray, we decided, Hey, we have a twisted sense of humor. Let's, let's make our own coloring book. So you can, you can check it out online. You look at the church planner and you'll see a, a, a picture of a coloring book. And it says, Hey kids, it's got a, a coloring book picture of me and Pete. It says church planner podcast and magazine are number one. <laughs> and I love how you put uh you put the snorkel on me, you know. And you well, look Chinese, dude. I'm telling you, you look Chinese. Yeah. That's just because I'm little and I'm bald and I have a little Fu Manchu on the end of my face sometimes. Yeah. And the beady eyes. Yeah, beady eyes. You can never trust me. And I have a ninja on my shirt. And you have a picture of a very <laughs> rapid dragon on your t shirt. With horns, it's schmaug. <laughs> So anyways, guys, thanks for joining us today. I hate to bring up the elephant in the room, the problem nobody wants to talk about, pedo or pedos, whichever come to your church. One last question about that, dude. Yeah. One last question. Oh, yeah. Oh, how I, often? I was, you hear I was like whining into my I know, I know. I, That's, like, I knew you were, but I, I got to ask this question. I have to how, sing now next time. How often do you re-background check people? Oh, that's a, that's a good point. You know, I honestly got to say never. Um, I have never re background checked. Anyone, you need to do that. Cause like, take the lady who'd been there for 30 years. Well, if they'd done it 30 years ago, she might've been clean, but she might've been a little hellcat <laughs> since then. Yeah, you know? Well, what I'm saying is you should do it at least checks. annually. I'd say background. That's a really good idea. Actually. At the minimum you know annual. You, you just created a new policy for us. And guys, here's the thing. That's because um, I got a two-year-old, man. I don't trust those people back there. I've seen them. Heck <laughs> yeah. Dude. And they are a shady bunch at our church. <laughs> but uh, people doing Sunday school, they're kind of normal. We make sure. That's what I'm saying is you, you know when someone's not normal. doesn't matter if they pass. About. There are people, I don't care how many background checks they give me, they're never touching Sunday school. 
right? Because you I actually just, said that about someone. I didn't pick up on it because I told you, man, I do not have like the radars that you've got. You've got the pedophile dar. You've got the gay dar. You've got the tranny dar. You've got all of it, right? I've got the psych dar from being a psych nurse. Yeah, you said There's that crazy about person. someone. And then um, later, you know, something came up and they're like, oh, hey, look, I used to be a cross-dresser. If they need help, you know, I can I can counsel with them. And um, and you were like, oh, I yeah. knew there was something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, yeah. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah, I could feel it. It was like, you know, hmm, there's a disturbance in the force of presence I've not felt since. Yeah. yeah. But my point is I don't I don't have any of those uh those radars, apparently. I've got the gaydar, but you know, that's I live in Long Beach, so come on, you gotta have it there. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's the thing is you're not getting down. Look, we live in a sexually broken world. And so you have to understand, like people in my church that have sexual issues, it's not that I'm mad at them for having those. Um, I, I hear people being victimized and I just know when a kid's victimized, well, there's our next victim. But I also when I hear of a pedophile and my heart does go out with, you know, to him with some compassion. Don't get me wrong. But here's the deal. Where my anger comes in is if you hurt a kid around me or on my watch or, you know, presently you hurt a kid at all, then my anger is going to come out. My hope would be, you know, because I know I, I, I have no issues, guys. I've been in ministry for so long now. Uh, it, nothing shocks me anymore. The amount of fetishes I've come across with with people that, you know, uh, have been in ministry, um, the amount of uh, just sexual brokenness that has been uncovered over the years. Uh, I, I have a heart for these. You know, these are broken people. This is just part of living in a sinful world, and we we have to give attention to that. And so just know most of your people in your church, by the way, are broken sexually. You just don't know how. Um, don't assume they've all got healthy sex lives and this and that. Many, many, many of the people you're going to minister to, man, they're just sitting there thinking, man. It just means if they're only, not going to be working with kids. Exactly. Like you exactly. come to the church. Well, I mean, unless they're a pedophile and you happen to be in a school in California, there's a lot that says they can't be on a school any day of the week. So and and don't get hung up on all this nonsense about yes, but we have to forgive them. Okay, but you have to protect children, right? Jesus says, "Don't you dare hurt a kid," right? You Jesus actually uses them. fighting you can words. Forgive them. You're just not going to let them work in the children's church if, no, beyond that beyond that if i find someone is a serial offender for pedophile pedophilia i have no issue saying to them this is like you being a pornography addict and me expecting you to live in a brothel okay this is not the place for you to be okay we have a lot of kids here a lot of young families um, it's a no-brainer, right? You're on a diet. Don't work in a donut shop. So what I do is I find a good Bible-believing church, and this is what I've had to do before when a pedophile in the congregation. And and like you said, Pete, I can tell, right? Eventually, you know, like Paul says, some men's sins go before them. Other men's sins follow behind them. In other words, Paul says you get to know them a little bit. Man, it starts peeking through the surface. But, you know, and when he says some go before them, sometimes it's obvious. Oh, that dude, that's his sin, you know. That, you know, it could be any sin, anger problem, you know. First time you meet him, he's yelling and cussing at his kids. Okay, that guy's got an anger problem. But some people, you get to know them. You scratch the surface a bit. Well, here's the deal. If someone's a pedophile in your church and you have kids, it is your obligation to have a chat with them and say, look, guy, 
um, or look, look, Gal, you you can't be here. But look, there's a sunshine um, group, you know, over here. Leisure World has a chapel uh, on its campus. No, I'm teasing, but uh, but well, I Leisure have, World, so everyone knows that's a senior community here in California. Yeah, and so you know, you you find the old church, the dying church, with a bunch of retired people in it, no kids. And you tell them you need to go there and you tell the pastor and you let the person know I'm telling the pastor, right? So he's going to keep an eye on you. You are not to invite families over with, with, you know, when they have their grandkids. Okay. If you do that, you will be exposed. But if you want to go to, oh, it's not fair. I can't go to church. No, I found a church for you. It's the safest church you can possibly go to, but you will be watched and you need to know that. And, you know, um, we're more concerned right now about protecting other people, okay, than your feelings. Does that make sense? It does. Perfect sense. So, anyways, guys, this has been, you know, and if you have any questions, write into us, right? Um, let us know. Call us on the line. Um, again, five, this is two five five three zero 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 four. It's going to be, if you listen to us in the car or uh, on your, your phone, I'm going to put it in the uh, the subject line of the, the podcast. That way you guys see it right there. Give us a ring, 562-553-0004, and tell us if you want to sponsor the Android version, the $100. We need a bunch of you guys. Um, be one of those. Be one of them. Yeah, come on. Go for it. So, hey, guys, this has been the conversation we couldn't wait to have with you. Thanks for joining us on the Church Planner Podcast. I'm Peyton Jones, and this has been Pete Mitchell, and we thank you. <laughs> this has been Pete Mitchell. Reminding you that if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Magazine.com.